I want us to look at like, what is the legacy that we're leaving every day? How did we show up for ourselves and others every day? And when we're having a grumpy day, it's okay to be honest about it. You know, it's okay to say, wow, I'm really irritated and I'm irritated about this, this, and this. And you know what? I'm going to shift my state, just hold space for me, everybody, for just a couple minutes, you know, while I do maneuvers of consciousness or an outcome frame or whatever. But I think being present to who we are, where we are, letting people just like be okay with that, I think it's really big. This is the Rebel HR Podcast, the podcast where we talk to HR innovators about all things people leadership. If you're looking for places to find about new ways to think about the world of work, this is the podcast for you. Please subscribe from your favorite podcast listening platform today and leave us a review. Rebel on, HR Rebels. All right. Welcome back, Rebel HR listeners. Extremely excited for the conversation today. With us, we have a wonderful guest. We have Christine Comaford. She has a such a long bio that I'm not going to be able to read it all. She specializes in applied neuroscience, which helps her clients achieve tremendous results in record time. She's an entrepreneur. She's built and sold five companies. Uh, she was a software engineer in the early days of Microsoft and Apple. Um, Christine is legit. We're just going to leave it there. So uh, we are going to be talking all about um, meaning, compassion, and mindfulness in the workplace. Um, so uh, with that, uh, Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kyle. It's awesome to be here. <laughs> well, I am really excited for you to be here, and um, I really appreciate your patience. We had some technical issues um, uh, ahead of the podcast here. So for the listeners that are listening to this, apologize if the audio quality isn't exactly where you're used to, but I guarantee you the content's going to be well worth it. So, so bear with us. So Christine, thank you for rolling with it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that, um, I, I think, uh, has probably prepared you for technological issues is some of the time that you've spent, um, as a, a Buddhist monk serving the Dalai Lama. So I'm sure you are much more patient than I am. So thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on the day. <laughs> it's a journey, right? It's always a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I, I want to jump right into it. And, and you know, you've got a really, really diverse background and, and you know, you're, you're really kind of have cultivated some expertise in human behavior. Um, but I want to step back a little bit and really kind of start to talk about uh, meaning and mindfulness in the workplace. And so as you look at the current state of work today, um, what do you see and where do you feel like we need to be focusing on? Yes, thank you. Um the whole person, the whole person is huge. I think when we look at how challenging recruiting is right now, how challenging retention is right now, what's cool is, you know, speaking of, you know, where we need to rebel, right, in HR, mm-hmm. we have to look at how humans have been treated in the workplace for mm-hmm. you know, decades. I can't say centuries because it has gotten better, but the past few decades. And when we honor the whole person, there's a couple things that we really need to do right now with how crazy the world is. And, you know, there's always a mass shooting and awful stuff happening all the time. And we, we forget that people are walking into the workplace, whether it's the virtual workplace or the physical workplace, and there's all this stuff that they're carrying with them. And it's our job as leaders, whether it's an HR leader, whether it's a, you know, a business unit leader, doesn't matter. 
it's our job as leaders to help people focus on the outcome that they want because we're all seeing all the problems, okay? And that's causing tremendous amount of stress and what we call critter state, fight, flight, freeze, you know, um, response. So if we can use, here's just one quick thing we can do. When, we, when we're talking to people um, and they're talking about all their stress, et cetera, we can, we can hold space, you know, acknowledge it. We use what we call an emotion wheel and we can put one of those. I can send that to you. We can put it on the show page maybe. Um, and when people can look at the emotion wheel and they can say how they're feeling and there's no judgment. Wow, today I'm feeling grumpy or tired or discouraged or overwhelmed or whatever. Then, um, then they can show up without having to fake it or be ashamed of how they're feeling. Then we can say, ah, thank you for sharing that. And what would you like? Well, I'd like to feel peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside. Okay, so then we switch from the emotion wheel to a tool called the outcome frame. So what would you like? Peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside. Thank you. What will have that do for you? Well, I'll be more productive. I'll be more focused. Um, I won't get so upset by things. I'll be more compassionate with my people. I'll be able to be more present. Great. How will you know when you have it? Well, when I get X amount of work done by lunchtime, um, when I don't um, work on the weekends, you know, et cetera, what proof? And then my favorite question, um, what a value might you risk or lose? What do you mm. might you risk or lose to be peaceful inside? Because that's a choice, my friend. Peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to lose my attachment to feeling victimized by what's happening in the world. I'm going to have to lose my discouragement or my judgment of the marketing department. You know, whatever, right? Whatever their issue is. Then they, they then start to look at their ego, their ego mind, and how it's sabotaging their peace. And then, of course, the next question is, you know, when, where, with whom would you like it? Well, you know what? I want to feel peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside at home and at work. And I'd really like to start having this experience this week. Um, and then next step. Okay, well, I'm going to meet with the marketing department. I'm going to do an outcome frame with them on our relationship. I'm going to do an outcome frame with my spouse at home so we can um, work on co-creating a more peaceful space at home, et cetera. So when we use the emotion wheel to just kind of be present to what is actually going on and not denying it or squishing it or be ashamed of it, and then we use the outcome frame to focus on what we would like, we then shift our energy and we're able to create that meaning, that connection, that compassion, that it's okay to be humanness without, you know, having to dwell in uh over over emotionality that doesn't result in any productivity and we help people feel empowered again does that make sense yeah and i'm sitting here like making like making drastic notes trying to catch all that so, so. that's why we're but, recording it yeah that's exactly right so so you know and you know what on the podcast you can slow down the podcast so you can you can catch it all but i think it's you know it's really fascinating and it's such a departure from what we you know, we kind of used to think about work, which is, you know, you've got your work person and you've got your home person and you leave home at home and work at work, you know, and that's like when I was learning how to be an HR professional, that was kind of the approach, right? And it was, you know, almost like the expectation was that when you walk into the building or in this case, log into your computer, that you like put on a, put on a mask or you put on a, 
you know, or, or you like like block out the emotions that you would you know were feeling before you entered uh, the workspace. And so, I'm curious: is this you know, like this this approach, the emotion wheel, like like assigning um, a, a an emotion without judgment, is this helping to you know eliminate kind of the 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 conflicts between the work self and the home self, and kind of bring them together? Is that kind of the theory here? Yes, thank you so much for saying that, Kyle, because imagine how stressful that is. You know, the mm-hmm. inner conflict. Humans do not do well with inner conflict. Well, part of me wants this and part of me wants that. And here's who I am at work and here's who I am really, you know, when I just yeah. have to put the mask on. Um, I think it's it's what you just said is so important. To And this is where the workplace is, I find, you know, uh, improving, if you will, and that we get to be human. We get to be human. Um, and I want to give you um, two more tools. You know, everybody um, knows that some days they have such a bad day or they're tied up in their stuff so deeply that if someone says, you know, well, what would you like? They say, well, let me tell you what I would not like. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes I just want to warn everybody that if somebody is super upset, before you do the outcome frame, do one of my fave tools um, in addition to the outcome frame. We call it maneuvers of consciousness because I want people to understand how resilient and how powerful they are. Maneuvers of consciousness is when you're just like, and you're so grumbly that you can't focus on the good stuff because you need to purge energetically. If you look at um, uh, David Hawkins, um, MD, PhD, his mm. work on the energy of emotions, right? I mean, emotions have energy. You need to get them out. You can't just squish them. Um, so maneuvers of consciousness, there's four steps. Again, I'm going to make a note. We're going to put this on the show page. Um, all right. Four steps. Grab your phone. It's three minutes each. Step number one, negative evaluation. You're going to say out loud all the things you don't like about whatever it is you're resisting. I'm really resisting this reorg. What's bad about it? Well, it's unfair and it's a hassle and we just did a reorg. And You have to let it rip. And you've got to let it rip for three minutes. Okay, don't chicken out. Okay. <laughs> and when you do it with a buddy, your buddy will egg you on if you start to, to if you stop early. And all the buddy does is just hold space. So negative evaluation. Here's what I don't like about the reorg, for example. And then timer goes off. Ding, ding, ding. Look at the emotion wheel. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling like angry and I'm feeling disrespected. And okay, then you have to shake your body out. All right, now step number two, curiosity. Three minutes of curiosity. Well, um, now you're going to get really curious about the situation. Well, how did it come to be? What's interesting about it? What's familiar about it? What good things come from it? Would this be irritating for me next year? Um, If I lived on another planet, would this be irritating for me? So you're starting to get really curious about your experience. Notice that you're stepping back. This is mindfulness, right? We're starting to step back and get... uh, witnessing we're witnessing our emotional state so ding 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 after three minutes of curiosity shake your body out notice already you're moving through the emotion wheel now well how are you feeling now well i'm feeling kind of pensive i'm feeling you know curious of course um i'm starting to feel a little more calm ah interesting okay step three amazement three minutes of amazement now we're going to be amazed that the situation even came to be wow what's fascinating about this what's amazing about this um, 
what is just kind of unique and special and extremely cool about this. Well, gosh, it's going to actually give us an opportunity to reorg to do stuff in a whole different way, to see our business in a whole different way, to experiment with matrices and stuff like that. So we're amazed for three minutes, ding, ding, ding. Uh, we look at the emotion wheel and we start to really see, usually around step three, you really see that you're moving into, you know, maybe peaceful, powerful, joyful. Wow. I mean, we're only nine minutes into it. This is how resilient we are. Mm. Shake your body out. And now the final three minutes, full appreciation. Wow. Ah, I want to honor everything about this. Wow. This is so helpful. This, this reorg that I was resisting is so helpful in getting me to go to the next level. I feel so much gratitude and appreciation. Um, I'm, I can honor this because, um, wow, I was even interested in helping make this happen. That's cool. This is affecting the lives of tons of people. That's cool. This is an opportunity for us all to stretch and grow. That's so cool. I'm so thankful for that. So that full appreciation, ding, 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 timer goes off. Uh, look at how you're feeling now in the emotion wheel, shake your body out. Now you could go to, and what would I like? Well, I'd like to create the most, you know, smooth, uh, I don't know, uh, reorg process possible for everybody. Okay, cool. What would happen that do for us? Well, we'd have less upset, you know, then you go through the whole emotion wheel. So maneuvers of consciousness is great when you're just like, and I find a lot of people when they're upset, Especially right now, because the world is fairly upsetting, and they're bringing that to work because everybody is. Let's just be honest about it, because again, like you just said, we don't have like a work us and a human, uh, a personal life us. They, the emotions bleed through. If you're having trouble in your relationship, it does affect your work. You know, if your kid is sick or your kid just got bad grades, it does affect your work. So, really honoring that whole person. Um, and then I want to just go over one last tool, and that's reframing. And sometimes people say that reframing is sort of Pollyanna, it's sugarcoating stuff. I totally disagree. Um, reality is what you say it is. And if you say it feels bad, then it does feel bad. If you say that it feels good or even okay, um, then it will. So it's all about changing the story, which changes the meaning that we make which changes the belief that we have, which changes our behavior. So if we look at something um, and we're saying, um, we're, we're telling a story about something and it makes us feel lousy, right? Then what we can do is we can say, hmm, well, let me look at that story from a different angle. So a, a really kind of extreme example was when my mom was dying of leukemia. And she was super angry at her body for getting leukemia and just the whole process. Mm. So she was being angry for a while. And then one day she said, okay, I'm done being angry. Let's use those weird brain tools that you use. <laughs> the maneuvers of consciousness, right? Because she was too angry for an outcome frame. Then we did the outcome frame. And then she did her own reframing. She said, you know, what I learned from this experience is that leukemia was the greatest thing that's actually um, happened to me. And I thought, wow, mom, tell me about that. And she said it helped her ask for help. And she had no idea how many people were there to love, support her, and help her. And she wow. didn't want to like, 
yeah, I mean, like that is huge. My mom was like, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. So just that, that, that caused her to have her final month or so of life to be so incredibly peaceful. And it benefited everybody around her. And it really showed up at her memorial service. You know, people talked about it. Mm. So, yeah, where you go, there you are, like you just said. And, you know, these are tools for humans. And we need to reframe our experience if it feels bad. And as leaders of any type, it's our responsibility to navigate our emotional state so that we don't spread that, you know, negative energy, stress, upset, you know, to the whole team. Absolutely. You know, I think, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I think very powerful. And I'm, I'm sorry for the loss of your mother, but what a, what a powerful example of, you know, isn't that what we all want to, you know, to have peace at the end? I mean that, you know, <laughs> you know, and we're all going through our busy lives and, you know, and, and trying to do a good job at work and trying to, you know, uh, you know, help our employees and, and, you know, and be good leaders. And, but, you know, if if you don't have some level of peace in your life, you know, you, you won't be as good. <laughs> you know, you, you have to, you know, you have to be aware of this. I do want to call out. So it's so funny that you brought up David Hawkins. I literally just finished the book, Power Versus Force, uh, <laughs> like like a couple of weeks ago. And I, I picked it up. And so I so for those that haven't read um, these books and we'll put some some links in the show notes, check it out, like. It's a, it's really kind of a stretch for someone like me who like went to business school and like, you know, you're like, it's a little, it's, it's kind of, honestly, it's a little bit inaccessible when you, when you start, but like really, really powerful way to think about how you interact with others. And, and I've, I actually just ordered a couple more of his books, but you know, I think it's, it's, it's a really interesting read and I, I, I strongly encourage it. And I think it, it's you know, it, it, it made an impact. And I think it, if, if you haven't read some of these books, I think they're really worth it. My two cents. Oh, let's just talk about books just for a sec. Uh, so you probably ordered his next one, Letting Go. Yes, that's next. Bueno. Okay, that's a good one. I'm partway through that on um, Audible. Um, and um, for those of us who have kind of a racing mind, like lots of thoughts up there all the time, Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> Michael, yeah, welcome to being human, right? That's the job of the ego, to keep distracted and to yeah. chattering about how disappointed it is and everything. <laughs> um, the Untethered Soul. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer is fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I actually recommend getting a hard copy paperback of it. Because I tell you what's going to happen, Kyle, is as you read it, you're going to be underlining sentences because they're so profound. And then on a hard day, whatever, you'll just stop through, right? And you'll just like look at some of the stuff you underlined. Um, I've read the book probably five, six times. And the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth times, it was just, you know, taking maybe maybe 45 minutes just to skip through all my underlines. Mm. Um, it's really fabulous for that. It really helps you separate from your ego mind. Because the part of you that is observing your thoughts, that's who you really are. The relentless chatter is simply your ego mind. And it's very important to, to realize that that's not you. You are bigger than that. And that's the sort of stuff we cover when we do uh, this 
cool retreat that we do called Beyond Your Brain. Oh, before I forget, um, everybody, you can go to Christine, my first name, Christine.com, traditional spelling, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com, Christine.com. And there's an emotional resilience mini course that you can take. It's free. You get infographics. You get an infographic each week and a little lesson. And feel free to share it with your team just because we want to all be able to navigate our emotional experiences more easily. Mm. There's info on our retreat, et cetera, but there's a bunch of great tools there. Um, And uh, I, I encourage you to go there. But yeah, it's um, so Untethered Soul is really great. Obviously, Unbiased um, Power Your Tribe is our book on building resilient teams. So, Power Your Tribe, um, feel free to check that out. But yeah, and then, you know, once you read Hawkins and Michael Singer, you're going to want to read all their books. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yay. This episode brought to you by Namely. Running HR for mid-sized business means you need software that can keep up with all you do so you can focus on strategy, culture, and keeping your employees happy. You need Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that makes life easier for your employees, your boss, and you. Namely's HR platform covers your essential HR and compliance needs in one place. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, Namely's all-in-one integrated platform is designed to be used by everyone every day. With a mobile app and elegant UI, Namely lets employees request PTO, appreciate their peers, review their pay stubs, and even answer their own HR questions. Namely offers it all, from onboarding and payroll to time-tracking benefits, employee engagement, and so much more. You'll finally have the time and data you need to drive the initiatives your company really cares about. I want you to simplify your HR processes with Namely, so I've arranged a special offer for my listeners. Right now, get a free month of unlimited access to Namely's all-in-one HR platform, but only when you go to Namely.com slash RebelHR. Remember, for your free month, go to Namely.com slash RebelHR. You know, I think it's so fascinating, and I, you know, I've been reflecting on this, and I've kind of, you know, went through the pandemic you know that every other he- every other headline was terrible and sad and just over the last few few months it's just you know it there's just so it's so easy to fall into a state of despair um you know or or helplessness you know and it's it, you know i i've personally been on kind of that you know that individual journey of trying to control that you know that uh, the ego and the emotion and you know really you know, being reflective, but it's just, it's really hard, but I'm convinced that like the new world of work will honor that journey that we're all on. And I actually feel like it's kind of like, like, I I feel like if, if we use the tools correctly, if, and if we truly focus on it, like the next level up is actually like reconnecting with our humanity. You know, it's, it's not like disconnect. It's not like being hyper focused on technology it's not being hyper focused on you know the you know you know leveling up in the sense of like how much more money can i make it's like i think the next level is actually like like actually taking a step back and realizing oh there's a whole lot more than this <laughs> that's where i'm trying to go right now <laughs> yeah. cool well um i hope you check out our uh, beyond your brain retreat because i think you would love 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 it it's um, it's in um, October. It's October twentieth to twenty third, 
and it's in gorgeous uh, Pacific Grove, which is Monterey, California, mm. at yourbrain.com, or just go to christine.com. We have a pointer from there. But yeah, you know, let's let's be okay being human, you know, and I'm seeing that we're starting to change that and that people are getting more flexible hours because you know what? If you have a kid at home, you need flexible hours, you know, for neurodiversity. You need hmm. to provide flexible hours. You know, if somebody has ADD or OCD or depression or anxiety or whatever, like, seriously, do we seriously care if they work between nine and five? I mean, seriously, you know, <laughs> yes, they've got to be at team meeting, you know, but one of our team members, she's, she's crazy creative between like 10 o'clock p.m., you know, and 1 a.m. Like, why would I miss out on that? You know? So she does right. a few hours here, does a few hours there, worked that hour when those hours when I prefer to be sleeping myself, but it worked for her, you know? So Absolutely. Yeah, that's, let's honor the humans. And of course, meanwhile, back on earth, we do have to have the overlap for meetings and stuff like that. But if we're spending our whole day in meetings, well, that's something to look at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell me about that it. about, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I think it's you, you, what's what's really fascinating about it. And I'm curious to get your perspective on this is, you know, there's there are there's been so much study about, you know, about humanity and, and spirituality and kind of and having, you know, having a meaning beyond, you know, the pursuit of material things. And I know that you've spent, you know, a, a number of years studying different, you know, different aspects of spirituality. As you were going through that journey and going through some of the, 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 the that learning, what were some common themes that you found that were just kind of universal uh, that we should aspire to bring into our our leadership and our workplaces? Yeah, um, I think one of the things that's really important is like what what's real, what really matters here mm. um and my volunteer work that i do is hospice so i help people die i help them go through the death process and uh i am working with my 57th um lovely soul that i'm um supporting through uh the death process and it's really important, I think, to every day think about what your legacy is. Because some people think, oh, yeah, well, when I'm older, I will do this cool thing. You know, I remember having this conversation with Bill Gates a long time ago. It was 1991. I remember exactly what we were doing. We were eating Tom Guy soup in Redmond, Washington at the Thai restaurant near Microsoft. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to give a bunch of money to charity, you know, later, you know. And I said, why don't you start doing it now? He's like, oh, you know, I'll just do it later. That'll be my legacy. I'm like, well, like later might not happen. You know, especially now, you know, this whole episode, this whole conversation about it. And then when his mom, Mary, passed, you know, uh, we talked more about it. Um, And um, actually 1990 um, was when we had the soup. Um, And we talked more about it. And. It took about, gosh, I don't know, 
a long time, you know, before he, he actually, um, I never really counted the years, um, before he actually really deeply got into it. But from the beginning, from the very first time that I mentioned it to him, it was about, I think about 16 years um, before he was comfortable just like leaving uh, the, uh, leaving Microsoft and actually wholeheartedly going to the Gates Foundation. But I want us to look at like, what is the legacy that we're leaving every day? How did we show up for ourselves and others every day? And when we're having a grumpy day, it's okay to be honest about it. You know, it's okay to say, wow, I'm really irritated and I'm irritated about this, this, and this. And you know what? I'm going to shift my state, just hold space for me, everybody, for just a couple minutes, you know, while I do maneuvers of consciousness or an outcome frame or whatever. But I think being present to who we are, where we are, letting people just like be okay with that, I think it's really big. Absolutely. There's so much judgment, right? I mean, it, it, it's a lot of it's personal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You think you, I can't be grumpy. Yeah, I can't. I have to. Yeah. And here's the thing. I get that you're a leader and you have to show up for others. And one way to show brothers is to say, here's my humanity. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's my humanity. Because, um, you know, we, I really believe that everything happens for us, not to us. I believe that we actually choose the experiences that we have in our life. And I know that's been stretched for some people. Um, I don't believe in victim mentality. Um, and I like to look at whatever happens in my life, even the really hard stuff, and say, how is this happening for me? How is this helping me be a more kind, loving, present, wise human being? You know, it's like the uh, the story that Steve Jobs used to talk about uh, polishing rocks. And I'll tell you really quickly if you haven't heard it. Um, so Steve Jobs used to do, you know, lawn mowing and stuff for one of his neighbors when he was a kid. And one day his neighbor said, hey, you know, come on over. Let, let me show you something cool. And the neighbor had like this motor attached to a coffee can, an old coffee can, for those of us who remember those. And he said, go grab some rocks from the garden. So young Steve grabs rocks puts them in this um, can, they turn the motor on, it's crazy loud. Oh, sorry. In the can was some water and some really coarse sand. Throw the rocks in, turn the motor on, really, really loud. And the neighbor says to young Steve, come back tomorrow. Steve comes back the next morning and the neighbor has him open the can and the rough, ugly, you know, rocks from the garden are beautiful and they're shiny and they're smooth on the edges. And Steve was so moved by that. And it took him quite some time to understand what that meant to him and why that whatever eight or 10-year-old Steve Jobs was so intrigued by that. But it was about in his 30s when he realized that's what we do with each other. Mm. We polish each other. The water is emotion. The grit is conflict. The rocks are us. And as we bang against each other with all that emotion and conflict, we smooth each other's edges off. Mm. It's powerful. Um, you know, and I, but I think it's so, it's so true. And I think it goes back to reframing, right? You know, if, if, if you've made that decision, then, you know, you're, you're in a, a different mental state than somebody who hasn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Joe. Well, I I I can uh, I can honestly say you know I I think I've got the title of this uh, this podcast. I'm going to call it you know Soup with Bill Gates because I think you're probably the first <laughs> <laughs> first guest that's had soup with Bill Gates. So that's super impressive. But um, you know I I think. This you know this conversation is just really powerful, and I think um, you know I I would strongly encourage you know an HR professional if you're if you're struggling if you're if you're having a bad day bad month bad year bad couple years you know to you know take the time to to take a step back and focus on some of these these topics um, we'll have you know the information in the show notes and but I think it's just I think we owe it to ourselves to be focused on this. And that's just going to make our workplaces and ultimately make us, um, you know, better. Uh, with that being said, I want to shift gears. I want to go into the Rebel HR flash round. So I got three questions I'm going to ask, um, and I'm fascinated to hear your responses. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, perfect. Question number one, where does HR need to rebel? What we've been talking about, my friend, letting the person be the whole person without indulging and emotion, excessive emotionality, but letting them be the whole person and providing tools like the ones we just taught on this podcast, providing these sorts of tools to their people to navigate their emotional state. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to add on to that, here's, you know, one thing that I've really kind of, I struggle with and I will continue to struggle with is HR is so often pushed to make judgments of others. And it is really, really hard to suspend judgment uh, in our role. But if you can, you know, if you can use these types of tools and be focused on that, um, you will be more effective. Um, but yeah. it's hard. And it's I, really hard. Sometimes <laughs> we have to say, this person isn't the right fit for this role because that's right. the truth. And right. frankly, you and I both know when the person switches to a different role, they do breathe a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. So the question is, can we say this person isn't quite the right fit for this role without condemning a person? So I like discernment versus judgment. Let's just try this on for size. Judgment, there's condemnation. There is. We're condemning the person. Discernment is judgment, if you will, without the condemnation. So cigarette smoking, I think is a great example. Some of A lot of people say, oh, gross, cigarettes, that's so gross. Judge, 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 right? Mm-hmm. For me, I just say, you know, cigarettes, they're not my jam. They're not my thing, right? They're just, they're just not something I want to do. And that to me is discernment. There's no judgment. There's no condemning. There's just, oh, it's just not my thing. So if we can use discernment, oh, this person just isn't the right fit for this role. It doesn't mean that's a bad person. You know, we have to separate the person from their behavior. Absolutely. That's a, power, that's a powerful shift. Question number two, who should we be listening to? Our people. And, um, and I mean, skip level all over the place because we need to get a feeling for the long-term tenured people, the brand new people, the people in the middle, up, down, across the org chart. We need to be listening to our people because they, they know what it's like. They really know what the experience is like, and we often don't. Absolutely. Listen to your people. I don't think anybody's going to argue with you on that, Christine. <laughs> All right. Last question. How can our listeners connect with you and, and learn more about some of the work that you do? Yeah, they can go to uh, christine.com, which will point you to our Smart Tribes Institute website, the 
many courses I described, the retreat that I described. Christine.com is just kind of the fast way. Awesome. We will have that in the show notes. So uh, open up the 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 podcast player. I got to get a bunch of book links because we talked about a bunch of different books, but we'll make sure we get that available to the uh, to the listeners. Uh, Christine, you've just been an absolute joy to have on the podcast. I really appreciate uh, all of the work that you've done and the work that you're continuing to do. And and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, that does it for the Rebel HR Podcast. Big thank you to our guests. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, Twitter at Rebel HR Guy, or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast. Baby.